This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. When I say today is going to be action-packed, there is no exaggeration on my part. Rick, we have a very special guest today. Yep. He... Uh, and we're going to really ask him what what his qualifications are and what he's doing because that has even become controversial lately. We've had him on the show before. You knew him once as a Rocket City redneck. Yep. But we love to call him Dr. Travis Taylor. Dr. Taylor, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. Well, yep. we got a lot. Engineer, best-selling author. You got PhDs in optical science, engineering, aerospace systems, engineering. Master's degrees in physics and astronomy. You got a lot of wallpaper. It we just call it. just goes on and on. <laughs> Past twenty five years, just run it down. You've been on various high tech programs for the Department of Defense and NASA. You're the newest member of this uh, highly skilled team that Bubba just talked about. Uh, and uh, of course, then we've got you with Skinwalker Ranch, which we're going to talk about in the different series of that. I think it's in the third season now. And then you've been on Ancient Aliens. You're going to be part of their live tour. You've written another novel. I don't know what. I don't know how we're going to get it all in. <laughs> Welcome back, Travis. Welcome yes. back, Travis. Hey, thanks, guys. And yeah, and it's Travis. It's not Dr. Taylor. I mean, hey, okay, well, I had to introduce you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, Old we, man Taylor's boy. Yeah, that, my, my dad's my dad's son. That's right. <laughs> right. You know, from our culture, that's what it is. You uh, know, you know, Travis. Who? Old man Taylor's boy. So, oh, yeah. yeah, Travis. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. just jump right in with two feet here. Okay. Yeah. There's been a little bit of controversy surrounding you and what you do and how you do it. Let's set the record straight on that. Then we'll look at some of the things you've done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sure with the controversy you're talking about, there are a lot of the uh, sort of debunkers out there that no matter what evidence you put in front of them, that they're going to say, oh, well, it's weather balloons, it's swamp gas, it's light reflecting off of Venus, you know, whatever. And, uh, and I, I won't mention any names like the Black Vault or, you know, something like that. Uh, but, uh, no, but actually the black vault has been really good. It's, uh, it's other guys that, that have done it. Uh, but what I want, what, I, what I'll say is they, they, first thing they've come out and says, Oh, the, it turns out now that the, the chief scientist of the UAP task force was that guy from ancient aliens. No wonder, you know, they kept saying it was not, you know, the Chinese or weather balloons or whatever they're saying it's UFOs. Well, but they don't bother to mention that Ancient Aliens wasn't my resume that I gave to the Defense Department to get into that. I, I was actually invited to be the chief scientist of the of the effort. Now, and, tell, let's talk about what that is exactly. Yeah, so the UAP task force uh, was originally the OSAP program, Advanced Western, uh, Weapons Systems, uh, I forget, A program. I forget but you're so. talking about and, unidentified and aerial air, phenomena. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Then it became ATIP, and then it became the Unidentified uh, Aerial Phenomena Task Force that was mandated by the National Defense Authorization Act in 2019 by Congress. Well, th- it's really funny how it ties in. That all started actually back in, uh, because of the Nimitz thing in 2004 and even before that in the 90s. The Tic Tac. The Tic Tac in Video, 2004. Uh, UFO encounters. But yeah. the biggest thing that spun it was in the 90s. Bob Bigelow told the then uh, director of the program, uh, 
uh, Jay Stratton, uh, who's come out and we know it was him now, uh, said, if you really want to see a UFO, you got to go to Utah and go to this crazy ranch out there in Utah. And so he did, and they saw UFOs. And they started, they went to Congress and said, hey, look, this is crazy. And they started looking into it. Well, all this time, this was unbeknownst to me. I was still in graduate school and working for the Army and doing my thing. And, but at the time, I was writing a book on how we would defend the planet if we were invaded by aliens. And the book was called Alien Invasion. And, but it was written as a textbook. Title. Yeah. It, it was written as a textbook. Yeah. Right. And, uh, well, when, when I first go out to uh, Utah to film the first season of Skinwalker Ranch in 2019, uh, in the middle of the summer, I was measuring some signals that I was worried might be bad guys doing some bad stuff. So I went to the Pentagon and briefed some folks that, hey, we need to look at this because it might not be aliens. It might be our near peers spying on us. Right. And when I did, a guy came in. I didn't know him at the time. Asked everybody else to leave the room, closed the doors, and had a copy of my book, Alien Invasion, in his hand. And he said, uh, Dr. Taylor, I'm Jay Stratton. I'm the director of the UAP task force. And uh, this is very interesting what you're saying. And we've, we've been looking at your book, and it looks like you kind of understand the approach we need to take. Would you come join the, the UAP task force? And, uh, and it was based on my resume as 30-something years with the Defense Department, having the PhDs, the master's degrees, and actually studying the topic seriously. Had nothing to do with ancient aliens or anything. And it was before Skinwalker had ever come out. You know, uh, at the, we were still filming the first season. So that's how that got started. And that's how I got involved. And it has nothing to do with, you know, the TV shows. But now the TV shows are a great opportunity to teach people to think critically. Oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. I liked your approach on that stuff. I do too. And we've talked about it on the air this morning. Yeah. So many of these shows where they're looking for Bigfoot or whatever. Uh, hey, I hear a noise. Hey, a tree fell. All that. I like the fact you went out there, you started looking at your at various measurements and said, hey, we got an RF signal here. Any good ham radio operator knows you can triangulate that. Of yep. course, you didn't know it was on the, the Z axis. You know, you're going up. Yeah. And uh, but but I love your approach to it. And we we felt your anger when, you know, they call you in to investigate this and you want to dig. And they go, oh, we can't dig. Well, why'd you call me? You know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm here to get answers. But anyway, we're, we're with you on that. Well, I appreciate that. And from even back at Rocket City Rednecks, you know, uh, and I, I talked with uh, my dad and I talked with Jay Leno about this is part of the reason for doing this is to get people to think critically because they're not yes. learning that in schools right now let me tell and, you and it spills into every part of your it, life it's what, not just science it's it's finance it's absolutely. relationships everything Voting. you should be thinking critical, <laughs> critical thinking yeah. has been escorted out of an entire generation absolutely and that's sad yep. because and, people who want to control you don't want you to critically think because yeah. they want you to take what they're feeding you and go with it yeah well, there are so many situations in life where if you learned a process in another uh, point of life, you can apply that to something else. Yep. I'll yep. A perfect example is uh, is learning a football play, for example. And so many people have learned football plays because they watch it on TV, but they don't realize that that was based on uh, classic warfare. And, and, and you're learning warfare tactics and strategy when you watch a football game or a basketball game or a soccer game, a match. I call it matches. It's not a game in soccer, right? right? But uh, the, the point Mis-direction, is... Misdirection, screens. Well, you think about... Uh, eye, can, yeah. eye candy yeah. is, yeah. The, is the new term well, on it all. Well, think about this. I remember talking about critically thinking, playing football. And in those days, you know, the, the triple option was king yeah. when I played. <laughs> well, you know what they would do? They had something called the veer. 
where there was an inside veer and an outside veer. And I can't tell you the number of times sitting in the crowd, you wouldn't have known it. Why did this play that was getting destroyed is now working? Because you changed from an inside veer to an outside veer. And that's it. That's the only adjustment you would make, and it breaks wide open. Yeah. So those so, kind of things, you're right. They don't under- even understand that you're seeing it everywhere. Well, that's Travis, absolutely right. Yeah. Back to the original point, I think maybe why people got stirred up, and I think it's ridiculous that they did, but I think they, they looked at you as lead scientist on that project, which we're supposed we're funding. It's very important. And they say, why is a guy who's writing books, who's writing fiction, who's in TV shows and all these fluff things – in that but but you can do both i I don't think you have to declare one or the other right i mean well that's kind of crazy and it's like push-ups for the brain right right uh doing different things makes you more versatile and malleable to understand when you see something that you don't understand right it gives you other tools in your toolbox to try and figure this out and that's one of the things also i had a colleague of mine I've known for 30 years works for NASA and he says I don't see how you can do these TV shows and why people don't why how you can actually go to work cuz my my colleagues would you know laugh me out of the room they're not laughing at him now right NASA's starting a new UAP team right now and and it's because you know I'm not afraid to do the scientific method there's no such thing in the scientific method about fringe science or settled science or any of these things the scientific right. method doesn't say any of that it says do your homework, come up with a hypothesis that you can do an experiment to validate or falsify that hypothesis. Test it, and you should be able to repeat and, it. And then re- yeah. That's right. And and that's what people are just – that we've gotten this – I don't know if scientism is kind of what's the buzzword now where people say, oh, it's, it's science is, is why that is. Well, did you do the homework? Did you do the math? I'll or you, let's do it again. Yeah, let's See do it See if we get the same result. Right. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, William Shatner uh, uh, and I were having a conversation – uh, about a thing. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I get to say stuff like that. That is, <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Uh, Shutner. Yeah. So, uh, and, and did uh, you say to him, I was talking to Rick and Bubba the other day <laughs> just to see his response? I'll yeah. do that next time. I'll, I promise you, I will do that next time. Just see what happens. But uh, it was about Huxley's monkeys. There's this, uh, you know, you may or may not have heard the idea, but Huxley came up with things showing that evolution would be possible, right? That uh, you could take a room full of monkeys and a room full of typewriters and given enough time, they would calculate, I mean, they would type out all the works of Shakespeare. (laughs) Well, so I make my, any students that come work for me, I make them solve that mathematically and tell them if it's true or not. The answer is no. In fact, I even let them not use a room full of monkeys. I let them use a modern computer that can type much faster than a room full of monkeys. Right. And it would take a modern computer like uh, a thousand times longer than the universe has actually existed uh, to type at random uh, an actual novel-based character, which is about how long all of Shakespeare's works would be. And and so when you actually do the math, that doesn't work out. Yeah. Right? And so that's the kind of thing that I, I, I want people to understand. Look, we saw on the HIPSI meeting the other day, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, um, that uh, uh, Moultrie and, and uh, Scott Bray presented this video of these pyramid uh, UFOs flying over the, I think it was the the Roosevelt. and The aircraft carrier. The, yeah. yeah. And, and they're saying, oh, well, we know this is drones. And because the light's blinking and uh, it's in these pyramids, they're pyramid shaped because there's a bokeh effect in the camera that that's an out of focus error. Well, so I took the videos and I did detailed math and science on it. And number one, it's not a bokeh effect. It isn't some autofocus error, but there's no there's no aperture inside this night vision goggle thing that causes that. 
Uh, so number one, you're calling it the wrong error or aliasing. Yeah, right. Yeah. right? And uh, so, and then the blinking part of it. Uh, well, uh, they say it's it's a drone because these are the aviation lights. So I did a detailed time based analysis on how many times it's blinking per second and how long the blinks last and all this. It's blinking at 400 times a minute. The FAA law is yeah. the maximum is 100 times a minute yeah, for any aviation yeah. lights. So it's something else. Or somebody's got a drone and they don't know what they're going to get a ticket. Right, right. <laughs> out, right. out over the ocean. Yeah, let's, we'll come back. We're going to continue our conversation with Travis Taylor on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, our guest, Travis Taylor, uh, we've been talking uh, about, um, you know, first of all, your, your background and all the different things you've been part of. And really, if you look at it, the point you made to begin with, this stuff that I'm working on, it isn't a bunch of different stuff. Every bit of it, you've been called in to use the same expertise to see if you can use all the knowledge that you have and, and the gifts that you have to come in and help solve some of these things or to de- debunk them. So really, it's not, I can't believe you're doing those TV shows. Even on the TV shows, they're bringing you in because of your resume. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it really all and, goes together. And Travis, in, in, in fairness to uh, uh, another gentleman that lived in Huntsville, very successful, Dr. Von Braun. Mm-hmm. Von Brown, I'm sorry, Von Brown. Um, he was successful, but he also had a big personality and was funny, had a good sense of humor. And I think that's one reason that he rose to the ranks he did, not only for his science, but he also was good with people. And you are too, and that's one of the reasons you're successful wow. in these other areas. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. You know, uh, in one of the textbooks I wrote for undergraduates called Introduction to Rocket Science and Engineering, uh, there's a chapter in it about Von Braun and why he was so successful. One of the keys to being a rocket scientist is you got to get your, your projects funded. And, uh, and, and he, that's a people skill. And that's a people skill. <laughs> and one of the things he did, he got on a plane in Huntsville and flew to Orlando and met with Walt Disney. And he had a conversation, and so Walt Disney started putting these little shorts before his Disney movies of going into space. And mm-hmm. him and Von Brown sitting there talking about what they were going to do. And that got the kids interested, which got the parents interested, who would then in turn call their congressman and make sure we were still doing the space effort, and his budget uh, continued. And, and, you know, that was knowing the big picture and how things really work. Yep. And that's that's part of all of this you know it all works together it all works together and the tv is just giving me opportunities to go places where a lot of other folks don't get to go right well plus well let's let's talk about skinwalker ranch you know to me when i started watching it and i've been hearing about it and you said it really came into your life long before you were ever on the show someone mentioning it is is you know i'm sitting there i'm going i don't know about this but then when i know that you're in it and by the time you sit down and start talking about what we're actually going to do, the thing I like about your approach is you're a man of action. Is, you know, I cannot stand for people to sit around at a table and keep talking about something over and over again. And then finally, this is what I like about you 
Can we get a plan together? So let's see if we can't debunk or figure it out. All right, I got that y'all are seeing all these things. I'm impressed by that. Let's dig. Let's get to work. Let's let's see what we can find. And so you that's definitely what you were brought in to do uh, on this Skinwalker Ranch. First of all, this ranch has been talked about for oh. a long time. Oh, well. As long as there's been American so, history, so tell there's us, been a because, story about well, it. Because we've the TV found... show, back to your point, is what got me interested well, in it. Without a TV show, I still wouldn't know about it. Right. Well, that's the way it is with a lot of folks. But I'll tell you, we found a petroglyph that's been estimated to maybe be a thousand years old, showing the same kind of phenomena occurring a thousand years ago, and the natives had written written the story on a rock. And uh, so this has been going on for a long time in that area, maybe as long as we can imagine. And and it, not, uh, not to get theological, but you know, the angel Moroni came down uh, to Joseph Smith and said, you know, go go to Utah, you'll find great riches. And they went to that area in Utah and started the LDS. So it's uh, been back all the way back into even the Mormon story. Absolutely. And, and so this story is, is whatever's happening there has been happening for a long time. And uh, when the Navajos and the Utes got into a conflict with each other and one of them cursed the other side yeah. and, they, and they said the skinwalker was going to walk the ridge and keep them from crossing the border. I'll tell you, when they drive by the ranch, they still turn and look away. They, they won't look at it. Nope. They, they, they're still... They want nothing to do with they, it. They want nothing to do with that skinwalker. Whatever the skinwalker is, it freaks them out, and they don't want anything can, to do can, with it. Okay, so yeah. we're, we're going to move into that particularly. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. go there. The hill, we call it a hill. Yeah. The, the mesa. mesa. The mesa, mesa yeah. they call it. It looks to me out of place there a little bit because so much of it is flat, and then you've got this sticking up. Is that is that a geographical thing there that's common, or because well, everything else is green and it looked like it didn't have any vegetation? Well, if you look at the entire Uinta Basin, which kind of starts at Salt Lake City and then goes, it's, a, it's like a two and a half hour drive due east from Salt Lake City. And I'm talking about on a road that has no cops on it. So right. they, they can tell you about how far away it is, right? So, but uh, you, you get to uh, where the ranch is near between Roosevelt and Vernal, Utah, and it's at the bottom of this big bowl. And I believe this big bowl, the basin, was created probably a million years ago by a meteor impact. And that's what it looks like. And when you look at it on, on uh, like Google Earth and you zoom in, it really looks like this big gouge in the right. in the western United States out there. And... So the, the geography and the geology out there is odd. It's really uh, one mountain that looks like it was knocked down or torn down or somehow there's a, uh, it's caved in, fallen in. So there's mesas left and right. And it was at the bottom of the ocean at one point, or a lake, one. And you can see where there's, uh, it's like in uh, Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. That's what uh, it looks like. Uh, yeah, how there's a, it looks like the, the dirt's been washed out around it. Right. Uh, dirt's been washed out around it, and there's a peak sticking up there, and the coyote's, you know, going to be there to catch the Roadrunner. So right. that's what it looks like. Well, one of the things, so really you're kind of taking away one of the things I was thinking about, because when, when the show first starts, I'm still in the first season, because I'm brand new to this. Yeah. Yeah. So when the show first starts, I'd think, well, this is some kind of nuclear fallout. That's the end of this story, you know. And I'm, I said, and it's all it's you know because you you know we know all the testing that we did 
and and that that could drift that way. So what episode are you on? In the I'm on I'm on like episode don't, three. Don't worry about okay. spoiling it. So for you us so I haven't got radiation sickness yet. No. <laughs> well, you, do you? You've yeah. been, you you went okay. down, you went down into I the hole. I started to bring a Geiger counter yeah. to check you today, and I, I went <laughs> out and forgot. He really was. He was I've got it. the latest Chinese model. He does it's really one. good. Yeah. No, I, the only thing I saw was when you started uh, feeling sick when you went down in the hole. Oh yeah, and they get. I, let me tell you them them you Utah folks. Uh, they give me such a hard time with my southern. Yeah. Because yes. you know, I y'all know what being swimmy headed means. Of course, yeah, I mean, exactly. Right? What they had no idea what I was telling you. <laughs> That's I not get, a symptom they know. They don't know swimmy headed. I, I get it about two o'clock every day after we've got up at three thirty. And of course, the, the 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 caretaker of the ranch and the fact that his skull. And, oh my goodness! And, yeah. And, and Tom, all that. Thomas had Thomas Winterton had a major traumatic injury to his brain. And they thought he was going to die. Oh yeah, I keep. Uh, I'm already screaming at the TV. Get out of there. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm only he, three episodes. Can you in. update us? Is he okay now? Oh, Thomas is uh, fine. It's really interesting though. He's really like a canary. Uh, if some if something is about to happen, <laughs> he starts. I mean, sick. he feels it like instantly. He may be more sensitive. <laughs> He's yeah. better than those little yellow things uh, they yeah, gave you. Right. So, uh, so Travis, let's let's go back to, to so what that was Rick my was first thought. About. But now you're talking about stuff was happening even before that. Th- yeah, this oh, area yeah. is directly in the downwind area of the Nevada test site. Yeah, we exploded over a thousand nuclear weapons there. One hundred of them were airborne or above ground. That's right. That place has to be just teeming with radioactive fallout. Well, when you go back and do the math again, uh, and you realize that it's been sixty uh, something years since right. the last detonation, uh, that most of it has decayed into safe levels. Right. And it, but and they're decay products that you know exactly what they are when you detect them. Right. Well, we've had a detailed uh, uh, analysis of every square foot of that ranch no, for radiation. No, we saw that being done. Yeah. Right? And uh, so we know exactly uh, what the background level is, and it's perfectly safe. Uh, and we can tell, yeah, this is a little bit higher than, say, in Alabama. Right. Uh, but it, it's not higher than, say, Oak Ridge in Knoxville. Right. Right? So where they've done things like this, the background level is a little higher. But it's perfectly safe. Well, and so what happened to me was something that was uh, really odd in that there were people as close to me as you guys, camera mm-hmm. guys, a sound guy, and then another cast member. And then suddenly my personal dosimeter starts going off and tell me I'm getting a pretty dangerous dose. Nobody else. Radiation doesn't work that way. Well, radiation, having, how could, about Thomas? Was he having any problems while you, when you were? Uh, not that day. No. See? He, the canary's not even going th- off. That day, that, I know. It was really weird. And so I, I come out, of and, and, and at that instant, when my alarm goes off, we had three cameramen on me, and they were those, you know, they're like seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 cameras they use on these things. Right. And every one of them stopped working instantly, just like you flipped a switch. And just like the drone guy. Just like it uh, happens. Stuff turns on and off out there. It's, it's crazy. Well, uh, out of all of our cell phones, one guy had a cell phone working, and so the head camera guy grabbed that cell phone and started filming me, looking at my dosimeter, trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm doing math in my head, thinking, "Am I going to die? What I need to do?" Yeah. Oh, wow. And and uh, uh, and then after about ten minutes, it's still going off, and say, "Okay, we're evacuating the area. This isn't this isn't a joke. It's not a malfunctioning thing." And then they finally got uh, the cameras. Uh, they changed out all the batteries, put new cards in them, and uh, and I said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go back to my trailer, which is about a mile from where I got hit." And uh, I said, I'm going to take all my clothes off outside the trailer, and I'm going to go in and take a shower, and I want you guys to go bag those up, and we'll test them later and see right. if there's something on my clothes. And uh, then I want you to send a PA to the beer store to get a 12-pack of, of whatever beer. I didn't care. Uh, you know, and and they, they started laughing. I said, no, no, you got to understand. I need to start urinating right now. 
because that's what you, that's what you have to do when you right. get. And that's that's there's I'm following what the Navy guys yeah. do if, they, if this happens. And and uh, so I sat there and started doing that, and then within. Uh, six or eight hours, I started having burns form on my body. Oh, my goodness. And then I started having a headache and flu-like symptoms. And at this point, you're drinking half a case of beer, so you don't care anymore. I didn't right. care at that right. point. <laughs> so seriously, so but, I, yeah, I hadn't got to that episode. Well, we got could, there could, your, could the uh, dosometer tell you what type of radiation no that's the so uh, and i'm, I'm going to get to that because this is really cool like right. except for the you know uh you how know, big a dose did you get well so it was like if you were the x-ray worker at the airport it was about two years worth of a full dose in about 10 minutes mm. and uh so and I'm, this was so radiation what, for it sure. was absolutely gamma ray radiation and i and i'm on my i'm texting with my general practitioner real time because I, I work out with him he's a buddy of mine and and, uh, and i'm talking to him said telling him what i got and he's like dude uh let me get an oncologist on here to yeah. talk to you yeah, and, oh my goodness and and, uh, and I'm, I'm freaking out you know at this point get out of skinwalker ranch <laughs> how many times have i screamed that tell me you're not sleeping there uh every every night in fact i'm going don't sun- go I'm le- to the bunk i'm leaving sunday to go for the next three months to continue the investigation so uh so it's ongoing uh, yeah and, and uh so uh, to make a long story short um uh, uh, the next three days when I would go and take a leak, it looked like coffee. Oh my goodness. And that was the, my uh, dead, dead cells that my liver was cleaning out. So and, it was straight and, up. It I mean, was straight up not, radiation sickness. And but but I, that didn't, that didn't seem supernatural. That seems, but there was but no how source. Did it happen? We went back and the there was no source. The supernatural part is who threw the radiation Who threw me? the radiation at me. Right. That's the sort. And here's the thing. So we put a sensor back out there that can tell you what kind of radiation it was. And, we finally got a hit uh, in the same place of the of similar uh, spike of radiation, and it was radiation at uh, for the geeks out there. It was 511 kiloelectron volts energy level, and what that means, it was created by an antimatter and matter colliding with each other and and creating this energy. And, you know, that's like start the engine in, right. in, in the Star right. Trek Enterprise. They use matter and antimatter to collide, create the yep. energy, and that it was that kind of energy that was detected you're basically talking about the trail that they would use to try to find a cloaked klingon vehicle because it was it was it's amazing you said that it was the exhaust pipe out of the uh any matter antimatter engine so that is how i i uh pitched this uh question to the team and i actually went to i was at the university of alabama huntsville physics department uh i was talking to the chair of that a few weeks ago and i said so i want to teach a class and i want to come to the class first day with uh, maybe undergraduate and graduate students a mix and say so here's our problem there's a romulan Warbird cloaked over the parking lot. How do we find it? There's two ways. Yeah, right. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> and and you just did one. All right, we'll come I, back. I'm gonna tell you both ways. You tell me if I'm right or not. Do you want to do that after we come yeah, back? Got, okay. We'll come back from the break. <laughs> all right, we'll come back when we continue on this wild edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right. Well, look. You talk about you know, we're trying to you know come up with a better way to do things. Did you know that our friends at Manscape.com they believe that they have put all the technology you can to come up with the greatest boxers a man has ever worn. It's the brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped, and I'm gonna tell you what the, the, this this has been researched, and what they're saying is at Manscaped.com, men and women are equal, but they are not the same. Every product you find there is designed for the way we were designed, men. And uh, and so, you know, somebody can say, hey, I'm making boxers. If they don't know how we're built, 
uh, they probably don't know what we need to be comfortable. And at, at manscaped.com, they specialize in items from head to toe for men. And we're going to get you 20% off in free shipping by using the code Bubba20, Bubba20 at manscaped.com. They have even trademarked the pouch on these boxers so that uh, that no one else can can claim to be able to design the perfect pouch. And, wow. and, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so anyway, if you want to find out more, you combine this with the other products that we have. I just reordered. I, I just restocked on the everything that, that I use from manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric trimmer that you need wherever you need to trim. I mean, it's even got a headlight, Travis, on the front of it where you can see where you're going. So you cut grass after dark. You can cut cut grass after dark, or you can cut grass where it's always dark. (laughs) So anyway, and and back to these boxers, the the micro – the, the 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 fabric that they're using uh keep them well ventilated it's it, it's really like uh, having you know I, i'm cool no matter where i am and for where we live right now wow now more than ever so if you want boxers that keep you chilling uh and it has the trademark pouch on it from manscape.com we'll get you 20 percent off use the code bubba 20 by going to manscape.com all right so rick and bubba university the podcast here we are uh with travis taylor uh, and when we when we took a, a little break here, I couldn't believe I'd been pulled into Star Trek, uh, and, and we're now looking <laughs> well, it's, for it's, it's a theory of yeah, Star Trek. I, I, I uh, was at Skinwalker Ranch, and now I'm in Star Trek <laughs> uh, because you were exposed to radiation, and and when you found out what the source of that radiation was, it it, it really harkened back to things that Star Trek was doing. Travis, I'm going to answer your question. If there is a Klingon bird of prey cloaked in the parking lot, there's two ways we can find it. One is if it's moving forward and has an engine, it has to have a tailpipe. So we look for something it's outputting to power itself. Uh, Unless it's propellantless, which, which, which they are. And the other one would be that if it's there, it casts a shadow of some type, even though it may not be visually and a radar signal that we would send to it, it could scatter out. But if there's a signal behind it and it pulls in front of it and we're looking at that signal, we notice the hole or the shadow that it causes and we know right where it is. So have you seen season two and three yet? No. Oh. We, we, well, we, so got to, we just got to three where so you knocked a hole. We in the, flew over in a helicopter. We're in season one. Uh, now, yeah, would that, that would work, right? So, so My theory on it. We fly. So you see where we do the triangulation. We realize right. there's something we about 5,000 feet above. We just, we just finished that weather balloon. Which we never found, by the way. And it vanished. Okay. It vanished off of the, the radar at 5,000 feet, which is so weird. And never found it. Never found it. And uh, so we flew up there in a helicopter. And while we're above that spot in a helicopter, the collision avoidance radar goes off and says there's something 38 feet underneath us. Uh, and, and it started. You couldn't see anything. And we didn't see it. Nobody on the ground could see it. And it followed us until we left that area. No. And when we go back and look at the video that we were filming from the ground, something flew underneath the helicopter uh, extremely quickly. Uh, that was, I'm guesstimating it to be about 30 to 40 feet long. So you need no. um, it's, it's there. <laughs> you, you need a you need an electronic signal that you can sit and look at that you're getting a clear reception of, and then when this thing goes in front of it, it's going to cause an well, electronic so shadow. In season three, right? Uh, these are all spoilers. People now, which one are you going? Out. Which one are you going back now? Season four. Season four. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I had Don't the idea. Back, I had the you. idea <laughs> that uh, we could do just how they proved general relativity. 
uh, by looking at uh, so they did that in, in 1919. Um, they went down to Antarctica and set up telescopes and watched a total eclipse. And as the stars were coming from behind the sun while it's during the eclipse, uh, the gravitational pull of the sun bent the light and made the star appear somewhere else. And so we had a whole team of astronomers bring multi-tens of thousands of dollar telescopes out there to the ranch to watch as stars pass behind this anomaly to see if there's some sort of effect. If it was being bent, you know something's there That's exactly it. right. And so now, do you want the spoiler? Yeah, you come on. Spoiler? Okay, well, we're here to uh, solve well, problems, Travis. Well, you're saving us a lot of time. So I don't want to have to go to the ranch. While we have, we have five different telescopes working there, because some of them are computerized and one of them is purely handheld, and the only camera on it is a cell phone connected to the eyepiece. Well, first, all the electronic, uh, the, the computers on them, as they would turn, as we'd pick a star, we'd say, okay, that star is about to pass behind the anomaly. Let's focus on it. As soon as we'd say that out loud, we're looking in the computer, the name of the star vanishes from the database. I'm don't, not making don't this come up. Don't come in here. I am not making don't this up. Don't come in here. <laughs> I am not we we have really large legs. You'll never be able to pull them. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, Travis. I am not making this come up. On. And it did it multiple times. And these are hardwired systems, not connected to the Internet. They're burned into a chip on the telescopes. Do you realize what you're saying? I do realize what I'm saying. It's startling. Somebody has the capability to reach into an, uh, an, a chip a, not a tied chip, to the Internet. A chip not tied to the Internet and remove data from it real time while we're planning to use that data. Now, take it one step further. The guy goes over to the manual and says, well, we can do it with by hand. And as soon as he turned by hand the telescope to that point, the camera, his phone camera, went completely black. He could push it out of the way. It would come back on. He'd pull it back to a point at it, and it would go completely black. Okay, let me let me ask you this because I, yeah. batteries going dead appears to be a common thread and everything. Yeah, yeah everything. absolutely. Boy, you what, can't. It, it can hates we, electronics. Can it? we make a battery go dead in a laboratory? Can I, can we can yes, we, we do can. that? And how do we do? It? There uh, you by, go. Well, all right, so there are several ways. Uh, one thing we test for spacecraft is we'll put it in a vacuum and we'll expose it to certain frequencies of radiation, and it'll cause a, a corona to form around it, and so it's always like it's always connected. So it's leaking constantly, and it'll drain. You're draining it out you're, you're by drain- shorting it out. Basically, basically you're yeah. shorting it out right. with a plasma. And so we know. So we build batteries for space in a way so they won't create that that arc or that that corona. So uh, you can do that on on Earth. You know, if it's if not when it's real humid, it's harder to do when it's humid. You could put it near a Van de Graaff generator or a Tesla coil right. and create a field where it a could, magnetic field something. would cause a how we used to erase carts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How about this? Here's what. But what's blowing me away? Even three episodes into season one, I'm already seeing that whatever y'all are dealing with, it's not like a phenomenon comes and we're all affected by it. It seems to be pinpointing when. And who, and 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 in certain scenarios, when it wants to do it. Absolutely, that's what's weird. And that's what Bigelow said. So shouldn't it be uh, affecting everybody just in random? Bigelow's team said you'll think you're getting a handle on it, and it'll change. And that's exactly what's happened to us. But I, I would tell you this is very consistent. Probably won't be now. So y'all did talk it. to Bigelow's team, even though he couldn't release the stuff he had. Yes. And just uh, to kind of say, and, hey, let me and, tell you what to get ready for. Let me tell you what his his scientist said. We had asked him, so would you guys come out and show us what you did? He said, we're not going back to that place. You couldn't get me but back to that place. But you keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's wrong with I'm you, I'm begging Trash? you not Fort- to go. Fortune favors the bold. Uh, there's, <laughs> a, there's, an imper- there's an imperative here. Fortune has this killed many bold people. Yeah, I just want it you certainly to know has. That. No, no. Well, so here's the thing. This can't just stop at the fence line right. on the border of 512 acres, and there are people that live there. 
And, no, and I saw that already yeah. early on and, when the guy, the, the Thomas, Thomas, who lives there, he said, this is bigger than the ranch. Yeah. And so this is, it, it's dangerous and people are getting hurt and probably have been getting hurt for a long time. You know, that, that area has the highest rate of gallbladder uh, syndrome than any other area in the world. It can't be good it, for it, your it, health. It, so, well, it, 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 it's one of those things. Somebody needs to solve this problem because it's hurting people and it's a moral it, imperative. It's kind of, if it's that intelligent though, to take a star that you mentioned out of the database of a hardwired uh, EPROM chip that's not connected to the internet. How are you ever going to get on top of that? that because well, obviously it's way ahead of you. I tell you, I have people from all walks of life come, I bet you come to me. You know, psychics, whatever. Oh yeah, and, easy. Uh, you know, you know, uh, shaman. You know, whatever they are. Let's stay in the science. Well, but they'll tell me all sorts of stuff. Like you know, you're not going to solve this with with science. You're going to have to. It's just, this is bigger than that. Well, what I what it may be is that science isn't big enough yet. I mean, it's just the way I look at it. Right. I had a, I had a, my cousin said one time to me, and um, and I think you just said it, and I didn't. Under, we were we were stupid little kids. He was kind. Of, he, he was a smart kid. I remember the first time he ever said it. He said, "I want you to understand that nothing is impossible. It just can't be done." Yeah. And I went, "What?" Well, what he meant was, yeah. but one day, what you're saying is impossible may not be in your life right now that you're saying this is impossible because right now it can't be done doesn't mean it can't ever be done that's exactly right just because yeah, we yeah. don't know how to do it yeah doesn't yeah. mean somebody else well, maybe a thousand years older than us hasn't figured it out well let's let's look at columbus he's sailing across the ocean he's using his uh his sextant to look at the at the uh, stars and he's doing the best he can the science to develop the f-22 fighter is here and right. existed they just didn't know about it. They that's didn't know right. how to use that's it. Exactly that's exactly right. right. And, we'll, we'll come back. And who's to say that, that that's not out there somewhere, right, too? Right, exactly. Absolutely. All right, let's come back. And we, we're only got one more I segment. I know, Rick, this is, this is pain and agony Good to have night. to end this too quick. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so let's talk about earbuds. Uh, you know, Raycon's everyday earbuds, we like them because they look great. They feel, you know, comfortable in your ear. Some of this stuff, you're speaking of y'all talking about all these shows, I don't want to walk around like I'm a cyborg or something with stuff hanging out of my ears. The good thing about uh, the Raycon earbuds is they fit discreetly. They're comfortable. They will not budge. Trust me, if, if you want to, like, work out or you're doing something or maybe you're trying to solve the mystery of, you know, Skinwalker Ranch and, and, and you're moving around and you're climbing, they won't fall out. Uh, and of course, they got three sound profiles to match what you're listening to. The noise isolation is great. That means I want to be in my own little world, or I need awareness mode. I need to hear what's going on. Travis may holler, "Hey, we got some over here. Come look." I need to be able to hear it. So Raycons give you eight hours of playtime, thirty-two hour battery life, unless of course you're at Skinwalker Ranch. It, then we don't know. But it, it, let me tell you, Raycons, you get the same quality audio or other premium audio brands what they offer. But here's the biggie. About half the price. That's wow. the real yeah, biggie. About, wow. about half the price. So, and we're getting you an additional fifteen percent off. So go go to buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba Pod. All right, that's again buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba Pod. Get fifteen percent off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba Pod for another fifteen percent off. Bubba, here we are. I mean, we're we're eight minutes left. In this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast with Travis Taylor, we, we've talked about so many things. We're in Skinwalker 
ranch. Yeah. And, and Travis I, is going to have to come back. You're That's all there are to it. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, you're, me, you're also doing the Ancient Aliens thing, and there's a tour going on, or you've right. been on a tour. Ancient Aliens Live, we've done several shows so far. We've got a lot more coming up, in I think, in November and January and February. And it's it's me, Giorgio Sukulis, uh, William Henry, Nick Pope, and David Childress from okay. from the show. And we're we actually do like an episode live on stage, and we talk about things and show some stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. AncientAliensLiveTour.com dot com if you want to see it if it comes near you. Is there back to the batteries? Is there a way to shield those batteries so a corona or a magnetic field could not drain them out? Well, I can tell you this. There's an instance that uh, – actually, there's a couple of things that happen in uh, Season 2 and 3 where we're being affected by a signal, and uh, it actually makes me catatonic for a couple of minutes, and it makes another guy fall down and start like, vomiting and retching and having like epileptic Frequency fits. range. What are we talking uh, about? Well, it's somewhere we were finding a signal at 1.6 gigahertz. And we, uh, we have a, these grain silos there that are made out of corrugated steel. And I had the idea, because Dragon comes to me and says, we're getting you off the ranch, dude. You're not going to stand here catatonic. And I'm looking at my man. I said, no, this is something happening. i got to find out what's mm-hmm. happening. And he said, well, you know what you said? Safety procedure works for you, too, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm taking, I said, all right, well, do this. Before you take me off the ranch, let's try this experiment. Go lock me in the grain silo. And let's see if it if it protects me. Faraday cage. It's a Faraday cage, absolutely. Right. And we went in there, and as soon as I closed the door to the 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 grain silo, it was like flipping a switch. You were fine. I felt fine. And to test it, I opened the door and walked out about ten feet. I almost threw up. Went back in. We did about three or four times. But you know that's not it's good. A, it's a bit of the uh, Savannah, not Savannah, Havana, Havana syndrome that we're also seeing with some it, it, it's uh, from what i've read about the havana yeah. syndrome what's happening out there seems very similar right but but you know it's not good for you to be exposed to something that's made you catatonic you know that's not good i i, I get that impression right <laughs> as you said that can't be right yeah travis you're kind of slow cooking i think <laughs> was the term you use have you just blocked your medical doctor now so he can't you? because he's how many how many times have he texted please come well, home i i travis I get, can you can i get, you get start, in, several physicals a year and blood tests yeah. everything can you can you get in a in a metal suit like the guys ah. that work on the power lines, the high voltage, and, well, they and actually, ground it out. It's interesting you say that. I've actually uh, they they make underwear, t-shirts, and underwear, and baseball caps uh, that are RF shielding protective. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a lot of that out there. And sometimes we'll wear that. Uh, sometimes we don't. Uh, if we have, we always have a meter though. If it gets really bad and there's there's an alert that's going to be, we'll, we'll go get inside somewhere. Can I ask you this? And we don't mind spoilers. Is, is the team still together? Has anybody left? Has anybody just said I'm out? Uh, <laughs> Enough. Well, I don't mean they've got other commitments. They just won't don't want to stay. Nobody. Well, we've had some crew that have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say I'm out. Yeah, because it freaked them out. Uh, but uh, we, you know, uh, Jim Sagala left after the first season because he had a job uh, commitment. Yeah, that doesn't. But yeah, that was different. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't had any of the science team give up because everybody's like they, everybody feels it's a moral. So you're everybody, everybody's on board now. Yeah. we got to solve yeah. this. Yeah. And 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 also another thing I wanted to ask you. Why would Bigelow sell it, and why would anybody want to buy? Uh, d- I can d- d- tell you why, Rick. He paid two hundred thousand for it and sold it for four point five. Right. Well, that's, that, that's 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 what, what the Wikipedia story is. is. That's what the story is. That, is, is. is that, that accurate? It's not. I don't think it's completely accurate. Uh, uh, but uh, Brandon Fugel bought it from Bigelow because Brandon Fugel has, he he wants to know the answer he to wants the big to questions. So he, and and Bigelow got rid of it because him and a group of his friends, including his wife. Uh, went and spent a weekend or two on the ranch, and it was like six of them. And of the six, this is uh, this is secondhand, so I, I, I'm not going to okay. say it's 100% accurate. But uh, they, they came down with some kind of illness, 
uh, after that, and I think Bigelow was just kind of done with it. And then, it, then his, uh, tragically, I think his wife passed away not long after that, oh, yeah. and I think he just emotionally didn't want to have to deal with but it. But the anymore. new guy who bought it, because I'm thinking this isn't the same as me buying some good hunting land. Oh no, yeah, yeah. He when he bought this, he knew I'm buying. He was trouble. buying this to do the investigation because he wants the answers to the big questions. All right, and he's I got know, the kind of jack to do it. I yeah. know you guys were looking underground too, and you eventually got to dig and drill. Yeah, help, help me with that. We've, we we've dug a whole don't lot dig. now. We've dug. Hey, don't dig. Every time we dig, something weird happens. So Let they were right you. about that. Uh, it, it's really strange. You know, we had this brand new DC nine uh, uh, bulldozer brought on. I mean, brand new with GPS tracking on it. So if it goes dead, it immediately sends a signal and says, "Hey, somebody send a repairman to me." That's how awesome this mm-hmm. bulldozer was, right? So as soon as it turns into the driveway for the ranch. Uh, there, the driveway, it's about a half a mile until you get to the gate, and then you come in the gate, there's another half a mile to where you actually at ranch proper. Well, before it even got to the gate, the GPS system quit working. And then it comes on the gate, and it parks right by my trailer, and uh, we usually start somewhere after lunch uh, time and go kind of through the evening, kind of like a second shift. And so I get up before everything goes on, and I'm, and I'm, I'm working out right there by my trailer. I have weights and a, and a karate bag, and I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And the bulldozer's right there, and I see Thomas come in on his motorcycle like 100 mile an hour, and he gets out, and the guy from the bulldozer are working on it. And I see they're, they're using some, you know, uh, expletives, and they pull this big battery out, and I hear the guy say, this was a brand-new battery an hour ago. He gets in his truck, drives, comes back, and, and I'm sitting there cooling off after my workout. I see him come back, and they put another battery in this thing. Well, the brand-new battery just went to the storm vault. So we, they start moving it out to the where we're going to dig. They, they, they make one swipe with the blade, and the battery goes out. And now, let me tell you this. <laughs> Thomas puts a voltmeter across the battery, and the word help comes up on the on the meter. Don't say that. I'm I'm not don't making that. Like that. Now you, you didn't do make, that. You, you didn't do that for make TV. This stuff. Yeah, you cannot do make that. Don't say we do, like we that. don't do one. Th- that's one thing I want everybody to understand. Not one thing is made for TV unless it's something like this. Uh, we like, hey, what was that? And the camera wasn't looking at us. They always says, hey, would you say it one more time so we can get that for the camera? Right. right. But it's never anything is made. Not one single thing is made up. Uh, okay, stop. Me, I'm gonna it's ask. Over. Uh, well, it's over. No, it ain't, Rick. <laughs> it is. Can, can I propose an idea to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is back porch mm-hmm. thinking. You, you said something that, that hit me when you first came on, that that valley looks like it was formed by a meteorite. Yep. Meteorite has iron in it and a lot of other We've things. We've been looking for stuff for, for that. From right. way out, we don't even know what all's mixed with it. Iron, radioactivity from those tests, stretch, but... Could we be talking about a poor man's quasar that we've developed out there that's generating that power? Well, because we've never combined have, these things together before. It would have to be spinning, and, uh, and you know, there's. But I mean, from right that now. from that school of thought that that somehow that iron and that radioactivity is causing a the natural RF phenomenon. Ninth episode in season three, we go through a great deal of that because we pull some metal out of the mesa. And we and it's got stuff in it that is not normally from Earth. So, hey, but real quick, I got to say, if you want to see a live feed camera of the ranch anytime, so we've got a new website. It's uh, skinwalker-ranch.com. Okay. And there's an insider button. You click on that. I don't know what the deal is to get in there, but just if you fill out the form or something. But we have live feeds all the time, and we go on and chat with people. Say it again. It's skinwalker-ranch.com. And, and anybody can uh, join it, and you can see real-time cameras going, and we've had people already find things that we missed. So it's, it's really exciting. 
Can you carry Rick's brother, Greg, to the Skinwalker Would you mind taking him there if we send him? <laughs> I'm sure that uh, – I'll ask Brandon, but I'm sure they won't mind. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Also, yeah, we'll let you know, and we'll talk about this another time. you got a brand-new novel that's out uh, called Ballistic, The World Held Hostage from Space. This is sci-fi. It's a novel, uh, and only astronauts can save it. If you want to see Travis's latest novel, it is available wherever books now, are sold. Well. Is it really fiction? Yeah, well, it takes place pretty much right now, so it's it's today's kind of technology. Okay, so you can get that to wherever books are. Travis, we got to have you back. Travis, man. thanks, thanks yeah. for being with gotta us. Thank y'all very much. Thank yeah, you. There, there's more to Thank come. You. We'll visit with you again. Don't don't don't, don't you think any different. <laughs> uh, Travis Taylor, today's guest. Thanks to all of you too for joining us for this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.